What's up, everybody? You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, and we're bleeding blue today in episode 112 on March 8th, 2019. We're going to be getting into a little bit of the old howdy-doody time before we go right into our topic of the day, which is Captain Marvel Movie Review, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in this episode's detailed section of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Otherwise, just keep listening. Steve? What? How you doing over there? Ah, you know, I'm doing okay, Russ. Hey, happy Friday, by the way. Happy friggin' Friday to you. Ah! (laughs) <laughs> you know, I got to say, watching the movie last night mm. was, um, it was nice to watch it on a Thursday night. It, it was. Had you didn't have the hustle and bustle of a Friday night. Good luck finding parking. Good luck, you know, not getting your car broken it into. Did, I don't yeah. know, getting the extra door dings or whatever and whatnot. I mean, it was nice. It was. I, I think I could get used to that. Yeah. Yes. So what have you been up to this week? I have a feeling it starts with the letter A and ends with them. <laughs> uh, them and them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just trying to max out my javelins. You know, trying to be uh, buff, Mr. Big Buff Rough and stuff. Of course. And uh, I can say that I am, sort of. Uh, I'm not all the way there, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm getting there. I'm kind of, I, I still got to beat the game, but I I can't really... You know what? Leveling up doesn't do anything for you. The only thing it does is it allows you to get better equipment. But actually, the level mm-hmm. doesn't do anything for you. Well, I remember you were thinking Russ? that it would go on and on and on. Is there a cap there, Steve? Uh, yeah, kind of sucks. Cap, they, I don't know why. Why would they cap it? Oftentimes in games like this, they will have a cap. Uh, that could be level 30. It could be level 50, sometimes level 75. The question was sometimes why it might even be raised depending on how many DLC drops are released. Why? Como? <clears throat> well, that's a good question. I mean, even in... <laughs> That's a good question. Anyway, what else have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, I think even in RPGs, like, I think there's um, a cap mm. where, like, you don't level up anymore. Yeah, you can, you can gain more experience, but... Yeah. Isn't that the same thing? Yeah, some RPGs you can't, some can't. I mean, somehow you can get up to, like, level 99. Yeah. Maybe, which takes forever to get up there. And you feel kind of like a sad sack of a human being afterwards, realizing how much time you just wasted. I spent a lot of time playing Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I know you did. And I was maxed out. And that was before achievements. That's right. Yeah, you didn't even have the little dopamine hit of a little achievement yeah. coming up on your screen saying, hey, way to go. <laughs> way to go. No life. Keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to have you here. So yeah, I might. I am pretty much. I'm almost at the end of the game, and so I'll just probably just beat it, put it on the shelf, go back to Resident Evil Two or something else for the meantime. You know, I was about to tell you, Steve. You have uh, this past week. It's been very interesting to me to watch kind of your uh, way you carry yourself around Anthem, in the sense that you. Have been kind of like Rush. nonchalant about it, where you're just acting like you're you're not really uh, playing too much of the game. But uh, I looked on the Xbox app, Steve, and you have put in a fair amount of hours thus far, which is not too shabby considering you've been playing for what one week. Mm, yeah, since the game launched, right? Since the game launched. So let's say a week and a half. You've yeah, already got 55 hours logged in yep, the game. Yep, there, okay. You know, normally you are much more excited, I guess you could say, when it comes to certain games that you put quite a bit of time into. This one, though, mm. it's interesting. It's like I find yourself, like, you, you are playing the game. Even when I'm not playing the game, I'll, I'll look on there and you are playing the game. It'll tell me, if, in fact, if you are in your suit or out of your suit. Well, part of that is the loading screens that take forever. 
Part of that is the game failing and having to restart. Mm. Part of that is the servers uh, not letting you join the game. Mm. So, you know, yeah, okay, you know, part of it's playing. Part of it's just waiting there, hoping things will actually happen the way they're supposed to. I have got to say that the stories that have been coming out through social media are a little disturbing. Have you heard about how some people's PS4s have been completely messed up from the game itself? No. Yeah, people have been complaining that, like, Anthem is bricking their PS4s. Man. That's pretty serious. And I believe Bioware's actually come out and said, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. Um... What do you want? <laughs> yeah, whether or not they're going to actually fit the bill for everybody who uh, has a melted PS4, you know, just, we're not quite sure how that's going to roll out. And this year's E3, Bioware nowhere to be found. <laughs> yeah. So we'll just have to see how that goes. But what else is going on in your life, Steve? Mm. What else has been happening in uh, the week that was? Yeah. Well, I watched a little more of uh, Frontier. Just got your your boy in it. Mm, my your, boy. Your your B O I. You're my boy, Steve. Are, um, you, are you telling me you are secretly an actor? I am. Or are you just uh cosplaying out literally in the Texas frontier? I, I am actually cosplaying uh Mimosa. Mm. Yeah. I think you need a little more hair in your head. <laughs> I'll just put a wig on there. I would actually like to see you <laughs> I'm gonna in a something. Jason Momoa <laughs> head wig. Oh man. That'd be awesome. I might have to pluck a few eyebrows to get, and then draw in like uh, an arc. Uh huh. Yeah, but yeah, Gosh, that'd be pretty awesome. I might be able to do it. I might be. You, a, you need a, a bigger beard too. Mm, yeah, I need to grow it out. I uh, I think I'd I'd pay a dollar to see that. Maybe I might do that for the month of October. Maybe even have you dress up as Aquaman. I'll go to work as Aquaman, <clears throat> shirt off and everything. Really. <laughs> I would. My mind. What else is going on? <laughs> We've talked about that far too yeah, long. Yeah, no, <laughs> enough of that. So uh, let's see. You'll be surprised by this. I watched uh, the Greatest Showman, Hugh Jackman. Oh, I've heard good things about that. That it was a good movie. I think my wife liked that movie. Uh, it's uh, it's your song and dance kind of movie. It's a musical. Russ? Hugh Jackman, I'm surprised to see, ever since I started following him on Instagram, mm-hmm. the man likes his yes, he does. song and dance numbers. He was numbers. found on Broadway before he was Logan. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. That's, he loves doing this stuff, too. Does he now? Yeah. Mm. So, no, it, it, was, it was definitely a good movie. It's safe around the kiddos. There's no cussing. There's no... Gore. There's no uh, nudity. I imagine he smiles an awful lot. He does. Yes. That winning bloke of a smile. Yes. That winning Aussie smile. Exactly. The Aussies know how to throw a smile in your general direction. Doesn't matter who it is. The music is recorded. Sorry to cut you off there, Russ. Uh, No, you're not. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I'm not. Uh, So the music is recorded very well. Also, too, it really makes the speakers uh, slap you around a little bit. Mm. Oh, good. So, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I I liked it. It was, uh, you know, it's not your typical, you know, roundabout popular hip-hop kind of movie, although the music is rather contemporary, but I enjoyed it. I remember enjoying him in Le Miserables. Yeah, that was was really good. Mm. Very good. What else is going on with you, Steve? Um... Uh, yeah, that's about it, I think. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Well, my, my. What's going on with you, Russ? You got any uh, surprises up that uh, armpit of yours? I do, actually. First and foremost, I must uh, apologize to our listeners. Not to you, but just to our yeah, listeners. Yeah, I know that already. I am uh, getting over a cold, chest cold. And so, uh... It's a little more than a chest cold, Russ. It's just, it's literally snot and coughing is what it is. Right, it's a head and chest cold. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, I apologize for the baritoneness of my voice, although I will say that a nice side effect of snot is that it can turn anybody's voice into a rather sexy, very white sound. 
which you get to listen to for the next hour or so. I wouldn't say Barry White, actually. No, no. What would you say, Steve? Mm. What is this sexy sound of a voice remind you of? Sounds like Snotty Russ. Oh, well. Pretty great. much. That's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's so gross. So uh, earlier this week, I went and watched A Star is Born, which, if you recall... I don't. ...was one of the Oscar contenders this year. Oh, I must have missed the Oscars. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh, you never watched it at all? Not one second, Russ. All righty then. So I was watching the Oscars with me, Familia, and A Star is Born um, was one of the contenders for quite a few different categories. And actually, Lady Gaga stars in the movie. She won, I believe it was Best Actress. And she was playing opposite of Bradley Cooper. Ah, yes. I've heard of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, So um, I got to say, the music in the movie is fantastic. It's really, really good. I actually have um, quite a bit of respect now for Lady Gaga, not only as a singer, but also as an actress. Like, she can act. Like, she's, she's got a lot of talent, which I was thinking about on the drive home. I was thinking, you know, I think she is a byproduct of just how in order to get noticed in Hollywood or in the music industry, you have to put on some kind of persona or have a shtick of some sort in order to just get the media to start covering you and talking about you. And uh, my wife was even very quick to talk about how I think initially when she was getting into the business, how she didn't take that approach and she just wasn't getting the, uh, the attention that she should have gotten because she um, has a lot of raw talent. So she went that kind of uh, Lady Gaga route. That's where she started with the whole Lady Gaga thing and Start wearing those uh, meat dresses and everything else that she does. But I think what's cool is I think she's finally starting to distance herself from some of that because she doesn't need that anymore. People know who she is. Obviously, she's got a whole lot of talent. So I look forward to seeing uh, her uh, be able to be more of herself. That's nice, Russ. It is. What else have you seen? Now, the movie itself, Steve, I'm not done yet. Oh. My bad. So the movie itself, I'm so glad that you have communicated that you are interested in what I have to say. Thank you very much. Uh, In this movie, the acting is very, very good. But I got to say, Steve, I hated the ending. And I I do believe that the ending is probably what caused it to actually get a lot of the nods that it did at the Oscars. Because you know how much of a tortured lot they are when it comes to this sort of thing. I'm not going to tell you what happens because I'm sure there are people out there who still want to see the movie, but I just want to prepare those that haven't seen the movie yet that um, I actually uh, was not a fan of it. So if you, Steve, happen to watch A Star is Born. Probably won't. Well, you never say never, Steve, because Sarah may want to watch it. I didn't say never. I said probably won't. Mm-hmm. Let me know if you do, because it might be worth discussing in a future episode of Joygasm. Now, what was interesting as a side note, Steve, is that uh, once the movie was over, I had to go to the men's room at the theater. And as I'm walking in, uh, at first I think I'm alone. And I realize I'm not alone. (laughs) That's typically, yeah, I mean, I figured other people would be using the men's room. Well, see, typically when I go into a, a bathroom at the theater, there's usually quite a few guys in there that are taking care of their business. You know what I'm saying? This time, however, it was like dead as a doornail in there. Ah, nice. The place to myself. So I'm thinking, okay, cool. I'll just go over and go to the bathroom. And um, all of a sudden, I, I hear uh, the sound coming from the, one of the bathroom stalls. Really? What kind of sound was that, Russ? Well, Steve, at first I thought it was a guy who had food poisoning or something. I felt kind of bad. I was like, ooh. That's Did you offer to help? No. Uh, I was minding my own business. Did you strike up a conversation? I did not. I Again, uh, I tend to just mind my own affairs. However, that voice was accompanied by a second voice. The second voice being female 
in nature. Interesting. And I quickly put one and one together. As I'm sure they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not at first. Because the female uh, made herself known via the moaning. So I realized that the guy who I thought had food poisoning actually was probably uh, taking care of business in a different and capacity. a star was born. Exactly. <laughs> so at that point, I'm like, wow, this is, this is crazy. I am now the, the old guy in the bathroom who's just trying to go to the bathroom because my prostate has grown as big as my ego by now. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm listening to a couple of teenage kids getting freaky in the bathroom stuff. <laughs> you guys keep it down. I want to dump in peace. Yeah, I wasn't even Quiet. taking a dump. I was at the urinal there in the stall. And uh, all of a sudden, it was like I, I, I like moved uh, uh, like kind of to the side or something. It made my belt buckle kind of make a noise. <laughs> Clank! And... They like they got super quiet all of a sudden. Like like they they became as quiet as church mice doing it in the bathroom. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then what happened? Like I could hear some kind of like like faint whispering or something like that. The girl ends up bolting out of the stall and just just making a sprint for the door of the bathroom as I'm still using the urinal. I have never seen a girl move so fast in my life. I was pretty impressed. I thought maybe she was related to the Flash or something. But uh, I was very uh, tempted to make a wisecrack of some sort, but I figured, you know what? I don't have the energy or the will. So I'm just going to finish up here, wash my hands, and be gone. And what was interesting was that the guy was still in the stall even after I left. Like, he never emerged. It's like, dude, I know you're in there. (laughs) I don't want to make eye contact with you as much as you don't want to make eye contact with me. Let's just be ships sailing past each other in the night, okay? <laughs> this is this is just awkward. I might give you a fist bump, but then again, I might not. <laughs> but then again, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What, but then again, I just wash my hands. Exactly. I think I'll, I'll just leave my hands to myself. So I went out of the bathroom and uh, I was just kind of looking around seeing if there was a... Uh, a certain female that happened to take a concentrated notice or interest in the men's bathroom did not at all. So anyway, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting. It, it was a very interesting ride home because on the one hand I was just, um, abhorrently in objection over how the movie ended. But at the same time, I had this very, uh, amusing experience in the bathroom. So uh, there you have it, Steve. Oh, there's the birds and the bees firsthand. I'm telling you. Now, uh, I also, of course, it's no surprise, been playing Anthem this week, and I did beat the story. So I'm at the point of having the end game going on, which I am, am uh, <laughs> a little sad to say, Steve. There's really not much to the end game itself in that it really doesn't exist. Like the end game is kind of like, oh, you made it to the end game. Here's a. Uh, we need you to do to complete like 50 contracts. And then when you're doing that, finish like 25 uh, strongholds. And then, uh, you know, it's like, it's like it's literally a grind fest. Yeah, it sounds fun. Now they did on the on the plus side, they have unlocked two additional strongholds. So that way you can go right. bouncing between yeah, the three. Yeah, there's three. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Steve, it's... Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> It is a game that I wish uh, was a bit more complete. Disappointing, Ross. Yeah. Disappointing. But it's weird because the game is really fun to play. It's fun, but it's getting old. Yes. I totally agree. Not so much when I'm playing with you or Big Baby Moose. Like, when you have friends that you're playing with, and it's like, oh, man, this is this is still really fun. But I, I see what you're saying. But part of, of playing with other people is that sometimes one of you hasn't played the level... <laughs> before and so you get to kind of you get to join them and their discovery and that's fun it's like oh man look what happened like yeah right isn't that cool i've done it like 12 times already (laughs) (laughs) well and my thing is is it's like what you said where like when you have these weapons and 
it's it's a loot shooter without the loot. Yeah. I think that's that, that's the biggest travesty about the game. It's just like it's you. I've come to this stark realization where it's like, wow, these are the same exact weapons that I started the game with. There's, I mean, unless I know you got a masterworks weapon, I'm still like the highest I can get is like I've got a handful of like epic weapons, right? But the even the aesthetics don't look they any don't look different any different. Me. No, they're I, and I was thinking about this the other day. You know, if you go in into the the gun store and you you're looking for like a shotgun, yeah, if you can have a double barrel shotgun like <laughs> old western style, you can have a pump action shotgun. You can have a tactical shotgun. You can have a semi-automatic shotgun. And they all are the same kind of shotgun, but they all look different. And in this game, they have three different kinds of each weapon, but they all look the same, but maybe like the color is different. Right. So uh, they all they all kind of sound the same too, in a sense. So you have three different types of guns that all look the same and all sound the same, but it's... but So the loot and the shoot... <laughs> the shoot and loot is really kind of uninspiring. Which is surprising, like I was saying. I, I think that in a, in a game like this, you know, when I when I worked on Borderlands 2, um, it was actually a, a well-received title in that it's a loot shooter. Like, there are hundreds of guns that are very different from the last um, that you can right. find throughout the game. And, like, the stats are completely different and the aesthetics are completely different. I mean, it really does reward you for going out and, and trying to find loot. And there is plenty of loot right. to be had. Tons. And I'm just really shocked that in Anthem, that's just not the case. That like you're, if you're finding something, it's literally the same weapon, but then the, only the stats have improved a bit. And I'm thinking, man, I mean, that, that to be fair, Destiny does that better. Because even in Destiny, you have a large variety of weapons that, that you can augment to a certain extent. And they definitely have very broad ranges of aesthetics that you can choose from. So yeah, it's, it's pretty surprising. And I don't know if like down the road, they're going to be introducing other stuff for Anthem or not, but yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. There's not, no, there's not a whole lot of stuff to buy either. You would think that's that, surprising too. It's like, there's like only like you know, one item per yeah. <laughs> component or whatever. As long as the game has been in development, you go into the store to buy stuff and it's like, okay, you can either have the thing you already have or buy one more thing. And by the end of the game, it's yeah, it's still that one thing. Yes or no question. Yes. Would you like to know what you really are? I think I had a life here. What aren't you telling me? You've come a long way, but you're not as strong as you think. Just the beginning. I'm not gonna fight your war. I'm gonna end it. Aren't you the cutest little thing? Aren't you cute? <laughs> <laughs> 
And what's your name, huh? Gary. What's you? I'll be back. The Captain Marvel movie review is underway. This is going to be the high-level version, which will be spoiler-free, so it's going to be good for those of you who have not seen the film yet. We'll be able to give our high-level thoughts on it before we take the spoiler elevator down to the depths of allowing us to critique the film on a spoiler level, which, of course, we'll give you plenty of a heads-up for. So this is a, a film that we've been looking forward to for quite some time, especially after uh, the Avengers had uh, taken place and, um, you know, to be specific, Infinity War. And uh, if you recall at the end, you know, here's a little spoiler here for you from Avengers Infinity War. The uh, little um, Easter egg that you see is uh, that Fury has paged for the help of yet another superhero Avenger that um, has the insignia of Captain Marvel. So, um, you know what was interesting was that this particular film really didn't have that many trailers. Like, I think they only had two trailers aside from, like, the TV spots. So it was interesting that they didn't really have, like, the big marketing bonanza that they typically do for a lot of these Marvel movies. In fact, I would say that they had more of a online marketing presence. Like, they were really hitting the social media um, stations harder than they were um, when it comes to like the, the video stuff. But anyway, I'm very curious to hear your high level thoughts uh, on the movie, Steve. Mm, already now. I am. Did you enjoy the movie? Uh, not really so much, Russ. Uh, you know, I kind of thought it was a bit bland. Um, now, why did you think it was bland? Well, I, there's a couple reasons. I, I think, I, I, I don't know if it was Brie. I don't know if it was the script, or I don't know if it was the the, the direction. However, she was kind of like the, the weakest link. I don't know. It seemed like everybody else did good in the movie. I liked seeing Jude Law. I liked, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, ben uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. He was freaking awesome. Samuel L. Jackson, of course, is always welcome sight to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like everybody did fantastic except for the star of the show. And I don't know if it was Hollywood saying, Hey, be strong and strong must equal no emotion. But I didn't really think <laughs> showed like any hardly in any emotion. I mean, it was easier to, for me to remember, Oh yeah. You know, that, that, uh, that one scene, you know, whatever, uh, you know, she made a different face. Otherwise she's just kind of like stonewalled the whole entire movie. Um, to me, anyway, I know other people saw it. They said that they liked it, enjoyed it, so that's fine. But I, I was, uh, I was rather disappointed. Now, I will say there was a lot of controversy stuff on, on the internet. Whatever, I just went into it with a clean slate, and I kind of thought it was going to be like this feminist movie because the director came out and said, like, "Hey, yeah, this is going to be a feminist movie." So I thought, okay, well, there you go. But there wasn't a whole lot of that stuff in there. No, I, mean, I, I didn't notice yeah. that at all. So I don't really know where, where he was with that. I mean, there was there was some stuff in there, like all of her memories that she remembers of certain things and then a bunch of stuff that was said to her. Not, uh, not take that back, not a bunch of stuff, but certain things that she remembers is only a part of certain things. I uh, won't get into it right now, Ron, but... Uh, Wait for the old spoiler elevator portion right. of that there, Steve. Now... I will say, Ross, that the beginning, like the very, the very, 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 very pre-credits. Now, that's also going to be a spoiler. I'm just saying it was awesome. Probably my favorite part of the whole entire <laughs> flick. It was, it was very awesome. Very <laughs> awesome indeed. We'll have to talk about that a little bit later. Now, not including the movie, Russ. Oh, I do have to say that we had an experience. We did have an experience. Rather odd. I'm telling you, and this was this actually took place at the same theater that mm -hmm. I was at when I was mentioning earlier. I'm out going into the men's bathroom. Right. So the movie's over. You know, we wait through all the music and credits. Credits and are rolling. Yeah. Lots of celebratory, heroic yeah. music playing. People talking about the movie. Mm -hmm. So then we hear a little bit of commotion behind us. We thought, oh, yeah, this must be a bunch of folks just 
talking about how much they liked the movie or didn't like the movie or about what's to come. And then it got more aggressive. And then I thought, yeah, they're just joking. They're just joshing. And it's like, get out of my face. Sort of thing. <laughs> I thought, okay, it's on like Donkey Kong. We're back to junior high now. Okay, here we go. And there was a younger dude in his 20s and then like an older dude in his 50s. Well, I think the younger kid was probably, in his, he was probably a teenager. He looked I, like he was like 17 or 18. Yeah, yeah, anyway, maybe I'm way off. I can't really. I but can't yeah, there, there was an older guy who looked like he was maybe in his like young, like early 30s. I thought he looked older than that. Maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. Anyhow, I guess somebody stole a seat or I don't know. It was all about seats. Is that what it was? Yes. I was trying like mad to figure out what. Well, you world. got up out of your seat and like walked out of the theater probably to hawk a loogie or something. No, and no. I, <laughs> I just so, sat there. So, okay, I think it'd be fun to give um, our both of our accounts to this because we have different perspectives on it. So, <laughs> um, so pause. We'll pause you right there. So, what ends up happening is that it's I'm with you when this whole thing is escalating. We're hearing a lot of just uh, big man talk. Uh, behind us, aka f bombs. Yeah, just just <laughs> well, and, and I'm trying to figure out what the deal is, what is happening, and um, and of course it's so loud because you know you have the music playing from the the, the cr- credit roll, and I mean the, this one the older guy was just yelling to the point where like you could hear him over the music, but I didn't know what what the offense was. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um. So anyway, I'm hanging out with you until all of a sudden I notice that the other guy stands up and he ends up, you know, the younger guy is actually taller than the older guy. And then they start going to fisticuffs and they're like straight on, like tackling each other into the chairs. And then the other patrons that are sitting up there are trying to break them up. And even the, the guys who are sitting in our row are like telling guys it's not worth fighting over a seat or whatever it is you're doing. And at that point, I got so disgusted. I'm like, all right, this is ridiculous. So I get up and I go down because I want to tell uh, the management at the theater, hey, get security. You've got you know a fight on your hands in this theater. So I'm walking out. And typically what always happens when we go to see a movie is we, we, we always pass some kind of police officer that's just on duty at the theater. They're just chilling every time. Of course, irony will have it that there was no security officer to be found just hanging out, milling around in, in the, the halls. And so I end up telling um, the uh, the teenage cleanup crew, like, hey, you know, and I, and I actually was yelling it to, down the uh, the hallway to where that, that old lady is. So the, for the, just to paint a picture for you guys, there's this like sweet old lady who's probably in her 70s that sits there and like, you know, takes your ticket and tells you which theater to go to and stuff. And she's, a you could tell she's like a tough old cookie. She's one of those senior citizens that you look at and you're thinking, yeah. Yeah, she packs. She, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and she's kind of like, you know, it sounds, I don't know, it's just funny, but like, like she, she definitely is kind of like that redneck kind of vibe about her and stuff, but it's like the kind that you want on your side. And, uh, so I'm yelling down there. I'm like, hey, you guys got a fight on your hands in theater four. You need to call security and break it up. And as that's happening, it's literally like I'm back in the Wild West and two guys come bursting out of the saloon fighting over each other because the two guys burst out of the door of theater four and they're still like all over each other on the ground, punching each other and everything else. And so the, the teeny boppers freak out and they um, grab the manager of the theater. Who's like some pimply face, like 19 year old or hey, something. You guys need to break it up right now. Yeah. I mean, he, it's, I mean, he's so fresh. Like you could tell like the suit he's wearing is a suit. His parents bought him. Like the suit's a little too big for him, but don't worry. He'll grow into it kind of thing. You know, <laughs> he has a look of horror on his face as he's seeing this unfold. So I'm going to pause right there. I'll, I'll tell you the rest of it. Tell us now, Steve. So when I left the theater, was there anything going on in terms of them like 
Like, did they literally tussle their way down the steps? No. So basically, I thought you just wanted to get out. Like, I'm not being part of this. It's 2019. Someone's going to get shot. I know it. So you like, <laughs> like book it at the theater. I thought, well, I mean, I want to stay because I want to see what happens at the end of the credits, right? Marvel. And so- I'm not leaving my seat. <laughs> I'm not leaving this seat. You guys can act like idiots. <laughs> I'm not moving. Uh, can you fight a little bit closer to me though? Cause I want to see the action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was sitting next to those other two dudes who were like, we were all just kind of looking back at what was happening. And yeah, they were just rumbling around and everyone else in the theater basically were like, guys, it's seats. You know, it, it's not, you're going to get the cops called on you for seats. All right. Well, they didn't hear that because, uh, you know, it's a testosterone fest. Of course. And um, female superhero doesn't matter. All boys in there. Oh, I'm telling you, I man. They, I think there that, was one chick in the whole place. Yeah. So anyhow, everybody gets up. I was actually I'm surprised, but everybody was getting up. And the most amount of people in the aisle that could grab somebody and pull somebody off was there. Yeah. So anybody else would have been in the way. And so... They pull each other off. They go down the the, the stairs and uh, on either sides of the you know the stadium seating, and they're like, and some guy actually pushes one of the guys like hey, and he goes no man you walk you walk down there and the guys like what, was it the older guy who got pushed <laughs> and it was it was the younger guy oh the taller guy and the taller guy and then the uh, the older guy kept on saying you stole my seat you stole my seat <laughs> so anyway. Both guys, that's the last I saw because after that, you came back up like, hey, what's up? You know, we need to that me. is hilarious. <laughs> Cause like that means that they went right back to fisticuffs when they met back at the door to the theater. And uh, so, anyway, so I'll resume my part. So then, um, the old lady gets up and she goes marching right toward them. And she's like, you two, you knock it off right now. Like, like she just, just, I was absolutely impressed at the grit this woman had. I mean, she went right up to the two of them and like shoved her like bony finger right in their faces. She's just like, you do not behave this way at this establishment. Do you understand me? And, and like, just totally single-handedly diffused that situation. Fantastic. Did you grab anybody by the ear? Like, no. you come with me. Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, <laughs> she let it be known that she is no one to be trifled with. I mean, it was literally like I was watching Captain Marvel in her 70s diffuse the situation. It was awesome. So, yeah. I mean, it, 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 was, it was so funny. I have never been in a theater where uh, a fight among grown-ups has occurred. Uh, I must say, in a facetious manner, that um, it really does bring the experience home after watching the amount of fist fighting going on the screen. You know, to have it happen also around you in person, it, it makes for a, an experience that I don't think even uh, virtual reality can hope to replicate. <laughs> so, back to high-level thoughts. Back to high-level thoughts. So, on my side of things, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um <laughs> Man, I'm congested. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I thought that Brie Larson was actually a nice selection for the character. I have to admit, I've never read any of the comics of Captain Marvel, so I don't really have um, a foundation to kind of judge how she performed the character. What I was really happy to see was she didn't portray the character in a manner where I was expecting the character could easily go toward. And it kind of reminds me a bit of when we saw Wonder Woman, this was um, a point that we were talking about, which was that they could have very easily strayed off this tightrope walk, but they were able to successfully maintain it. And I think that they did the same thing with this, where I think everybody, or at least the majority of people were going into this film kind of anticipating that there would be the kind of like this, you know, tough as nails woman. And, you know, she doesn't need anybody to help her and all this kind of stuff. And, and instead she, her character was much more of a, um, calculating observant, soft spoken. Like there really wasn't a lot of, you know, battle cries or screaming or anything like that. Um, 
which I thought was was actually really refreshing and and to find out more of the backstory. I thought that the 90s setting was just terrific just because we grew up in the 90s and it's amazing to me how far we've come just by looking at that and seeing the, the little nods that they made toward the 90s. And it's like, man, we we lived in primitive times, even in the 90s. I mean, it's just crazy to see how all that stuff played out. But anyway, um, I would recommend it to people to go check it out. I think it's it's another fun Marvel movie. I don't think it's as good as like the Avengers, of course, but um, I do think it's, it is an enjoyable film that... Um, I, I think that people will dig not to mention just in terms of the, the, the overarching list of Marvel movies that act as kind of a continuation of a broader story. It fits really nicely into that too. So um, I'm trying to think of uh, other little things, but I'm, I, I thought the soundtrack was cool. I think the soundtrack was the soundtrack by Alan Silvestri. I think it might have been, I don't know if you caught that Steve. No, in I between was, the fists. Yeah, I know. I was more paying attention to that, if, I, if I'm honest. Well, uh, did you have any other thoughts about that, Steve? Before we get into the uh, spoiler elevator here. Nope. I think. Um, I think we might have some disagreements on this one, Russ. Wouldn't be the first time, although. Now that I'm standing with you in the spoiler elevator. Yet again. Are you really my brother, Steve? Or are you one of the Skrill? Huh? Is, is it Skrill or Scroll? Maybe it's Scroll. Scrawl. I'm not exactly sure. Because you look like my brother. And you smell like my brother. It's all about shape-shifting, Russ. You see, I can change my appearance. Changing your smell... That's a special talent only I possess. That's very true. I know your stench. I have no stench, Russ. Oh, you have B.O. Steve. It's ocean spray. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so it smells like ocean on a spring morning after a rain. <coughs> Definitely the opposite of that, Russ. <laughs> or a swamp. So, we are going to go into our spoiler version of Captain Marvel. So, if you have not seen the film, I'd advise you to pause this podcast. Otherwise, or not. Or not. Or, not. Oh, yeah. or if you, you, know, you just <laughs> want to keep listening, go right ahead. Um, okay. So, cast and crew, we've already kind of had a bit of a, a chat about. I totally agree. I think that everybody who was in here was great. I thought it was great that... Um, we got to see kind of a younger version of Fury and... Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. That was CG perfection. I I mean, you, when you see other actors, and you like, for example, Aquaman you, you, with Nicole Kidman, or uh -huh. you see it in, in Ant-Man uh, with uh, Good Grief, What's Your Name? It's uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. You can kind of tell, you could, you could tell there's some CG going on there right on their face. I couldn't tell anything, even on the close-up shots with Samuel L. Jackson, that all the CG had the, did the anti-aging with him. They've really gotten better and better at it, it which is interesting because they've, they've had this, this new approach to de-aging uh, on multiple films now. If you recall, like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I think was the first time I've seen that in action where they, um, they had Kurt Russell de-aged for some of the older scenes showing him when he's like, you know, younger <clears throat> with Star-Lord's mom. Um, and of course, like you were talking about, like like uh, watching Aquaman uh, with Nicole Kidman. I think there's another film. Uh, oh, Ant-Man, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, Ant-Man, they did the same thing with Michelle Pfeiffer, that sort of thing. So they've been um, steadily using it more and more. And I think this is the first time where like, I mean, it's used aggressively through the entire film. Um, I will say that the, um, the de-aging a bit looks like, um, uh, it looks a little CG ish on, uh, what's his name? Agent, uh, Coulson, Paulson. What's his name? Oh, what is it? Coulson. Coulson. Yeah, yeah you're right. 
I always just call him Agent. Solson, Colson, Polson, Lolson. <laughs> <laughs> Rhymes with something. Um, anyway, some of the, the close-up shots of him, I felt like were like, eh, it looks like Botox went bad or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, overall, though, I totally agree. I, I think that it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. Um, and I, I hate to say this just because you have a certain generation of actors that just aren't getting hired for certain gigs because they're, quote, too old. Which is a travesty because they like their acting talent only improves as they get more and more life experiences and they have more gigs under their belt. I mean, like it's amazing what what kind of um, performances you can get from these folks. So in Tinseltown, now that they have this new special effect, now all of a sudden you're seeing a lot of these older actors coming back into the films, which makes me super excited because these folks know how to act. I yeah. mean, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. Well, they, they bring a treat to the screen. They do. But no, I think that, um, I mean, even Annette Bedding, you know, I haven't seen her in a film in a long time. And I think they've, they probably used um, a bit of the de-aging on her as well, although not as, as pronounced. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the, the casting itself overall, I, th I thought was really fresh. What did you think of the soundtrack? Uh, yeah, I forgot about those songs, but then I remembered why I stopped listening to them, but it was nice to go. <laughs> it was nice to go back for a little bit of the nineties grunge rock. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. I was pretty impressed with just, again, it, it's such a, in its own way, it's like a period piece. Um, which is just weird to think about how like, you know, in the nineties we were in high school. And that was like, I mean, the way that she dressed was how everybody dressed. It was that whole, like you said, it was like that grunge scene. Um, there are several times where you and I were chuckling in the theaters. Other people were laughing too, because a certain celebrated song from the mid nineties was playing and we're like, man, I haven't heard that in forever. And, but that was like the big thing back in the day. Or you saw, of course, Blockbuster and then Radio Shack. Like we're, yes. we're, we're going to get some telecommunications equipment. Uh, Radio Shack. Well, and yeah, I and mean, we can talk about that too. Just just having the references in there, um, it's just crazy. Like looking at Blockbuster Video, that was the place to go get movies. And it looks so archaic now watching those just rows of VHS tapes that you could go and rent for between three to five days and bring it back. And it's just weird, especially in a day of age where, um, I mean, you can easily digital you know, digitally download um, a purchase or if you want to rent something, you can use Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. I mean, it's just, you don't have to leave your house to go do those sorts of things. And I don't even know if Radio Shack is in business anymore. They're not. They're not. Wow. No. What were you going to say, Steve? Uh, it, it's something irrelevant, Rose. Oh, well. I still can't tell if you're going to say something. Radio Shack got bought out by Sprint Corporation, which is the cell phones, and then they took on too much debt, and then they decided, oh, we're gonna have to, we have to survive Radio Shack. No one really cares about much anymore because they sell batteries and light bulbs and little widgets and what's-its to, to fix things. And so they decided to sell off the portion of Radio Shack. That's what I was going to say. Well, thank you very much for that. I had no idea. You learn something new every day, Steve. Yeah. So, um... Before we go any farther, let's just talk about the intro to the movie. Yes. Um, I absolutely loved what they did with, with the Marvel Studios logo. I was not expecting that at all. And it was amazing to me, to, like just feeling and hearing the reaction and response from the theater as a whole. I mean, everybody had the exact same uh, outpouring of love and admiration and respect for the late Stanley. And I hope they keep that as the same Marvel logo for a good while. Or if they have to switch it up a bit, I would say at least keep Stan's face in there because they, he, yeah. he can't make a, a cameo in any more of these movies. So I would say keep his, his, uh, his face in that Marvel, at least, you know, we're flipping through the, the superheroes like it does. And, and they did it so well. Like when you're watching it, it's like, man, like, like this was just, a love note to the man and um, the man. And it was just, it was just a, a perfect way to kick off this movie too. I don't know. I just, it's part of the secret sauce that is the Marvel cinematic universe. And people have often wondered like, well, what, how is it that they keep 
churning out these successful films and people just love it and stuff. It's, it's things like that. It's, it's the little things that they pay attention to and, and they make it a point to, to make time for that I think is, is really special. But um, in terms of the story, the story of the film is um, kind of a coming of age tale. I actually really appreciated the the plot twist that was going on where like we're, we're led to believe that the, the scroll are the enemies. And then we come to find out that no, it's actually, I think it's the krill. Is that what they're called? Something like that. Um, the shrimp, the shrimp. Yes. The shrimp cocktail. <laughs> <clears throat> but I really appreciated how it was not a, a predictable hero's journey. Um, I actually really liked how, you know, a character that I thought was going to be kind of a throwaway bad guy ended up being a, a character of interest and importance and how my, my uh, perspective of not only him, but his, uh, his species um, completely flipped. I mean, I was like, whoa, that's kind of a mind job there. Um, I also really enjoyed um, how this movie takes place, like just I, how, how we've been kind of making references back and forth here. But the idea that this film takes place in the 90s is actually really cool. We, I think Captain America is probably the only other Marvel movie that I can think of where they've had a film take place in the past. Can you think of any other? No. Um, so it was nice to be able to see something like that as well. The um, And of course, looking at the relationships that she had, finding out who she is and that sort of thing. I know earlier on in, in this program, you mentioned about how she has certain memories of her kind of getting bullied or having comments being told uh, to her that are insensitive. <clears throat> I actually really liked how that was handled um, just because when looking at it through the goggles of a girl, um, we as men tend to say things that um, can be very insensitive, but we don't um, necessarily think it is because we're being guys. But that, but those things um, can have a profound impact um, and a negative connotation to a girl. And oftentimes when you have situations that are embarrassing or humiliating or painful and that they are intensified by an insensitive comment like that, um, our brains tend to hold on to those things because those are powerful moments in our lives. Those are things that, that that's why like you will remember certain things when you were like five years old um, just because it was an event that was a bit more traumatizing or that made a lasting impact, whether it's positive or negative. Um, and so I thought it was, it was nice to see that, especially considering like, you know, she was someone who grew up in the eighties. Um, and then we go, you know, watching her going up through the nineties as well. And you tend to have a bit more of that mindset from, um, the men in society where like, like it wasn't as bad as like say the sixties, but you still had some of the, the prejudices there. You still had um, some of the, the um, kind of um, role expectations, if you will. And I was glad that they didn't do it heavy-handedly. Like, it wasn't done in a way that demonized men or anything like that. But it was just being able to step into her shoes and see some of the things that she had to deal with. It's like, man, like, that's... That takes a lot of gumption. That takes a lot of self-esteem, a lot of courage to be able to um, not let those things cripple her emotionally or psychologically, whatever. Um, and especially now that I have a daughter too, like I'm, I'm more aware of that, which I think is a blessing. I think it's really cool to be able to have that. Um, and I'm, I'm just thankful that the movie didn't go in a direction where it's just like, oh, I'm this like badass female. Look how like tough as nails I am and blah, 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 you know, like it, I think it really did a nice job of showing how this, this woman had, um, a lot of sensitivity to her and she had class and she was wanting to find out who she was. And I, and I always like those kind of, um, stories that take place where you have, um, a character who thinks that they know where they came from or whatever, and then has their whole world turned upside down. And then you get to discover with them, what exactly is the truth? Yeah, I just think they started walking a fine line with it. I, I by the time they stopped, I kind of had enough, and they they didn't go overboard with it. But 
I mean, they, they showed everything like they did for a reason and, um, they wanted to get a message across for sure. I mean, the only things that she remembers are the guys bullying her. And so there was no good male <laughs> role model ever in her life that she remembered. All she remembered was the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, other scenes like, uh, you know, when she's <laughs> walking through the the hangar and she says, no, she's got to fly higher, faster, further than all the boys. And then <laughs> they went there. They scanned the cat and they're all oh, this, this ferocious animal. And then they scan Nick Fury and it's like, oh, male, like. No threat whatsoever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. All that just kind of like, okay, let's move past that. Can we just get on to the epicness that you're supposed to be? You know, you're the one who's supposed to save the day in the next movie. Show us that. Yeah. What did you think of her costume? The costume was fine. Um, it looked like when she was all masked up in space, kind of like if she had like a mohawk or something. Yeah, her hair know? like got pushed to the, the top. Yeah. I thought that was pretty sweet. I was actually um, pleasantly surprised, you know, when, when um, the little girl was was going through and, and doing color swaps. That was cool. It gave me goosebumps. I totally forgot that her official outfit colors are the blue, red, gold. Yeah. Um, I had grown really used to just more of the analogous blue, green, aqua colors that uh, were um, showing on her suit. So when that happened, I was like, oh, I like it. And actually, everybody else's suits looked really cool, too. I thought that, um, speaking of, like, uh, prosthetics and that sort of thing, I thought that the Skrulls' um, um, practical makeup and everything else looked really nice. Um, oh, my goodness. Let's talk about the cat. Oh, jeez. That cat. I was not expecting. I was over the... I- that there was too much screen time with the cat. I mean, come on. Okay, yeah, the thing at the end coughs <clears throat> up the Tesseract. Okay, I got it. Oh, so foul. But uh, too much screen time with the cat. That cat, like, I mean, I. So we have a cat to all you listeners out there. And ever since I saw this movie, I cannot look at my cat the same way again. I'm thinking you're going to have huge tentacles come out of your mouth. What are you going to do? So it's, yeah, it was, I thought it was fun. I did think, yeah, it was, they probably did it a little bit too much in the, in the movie itself, but I, I found myself appreciating the surprise. I was like, whoa, okay. Didn't expect that to come out. <laughs> um, I also really like seeing Ronan. <clears throat> you know, we haven't seen him since the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And again, taking the time to tie in stuff and not just use things that, that you have um, featured in previous films as throwaway, I think it's a great thing. It just, it, it, it further strengthens this Marvel ecosystem. We well, had Korath in there too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, is there any other visual effects in there? I mean, they had that, like the shape shifting and stuff. And that was, you know, the shape shifting has, has come a long way since the Terminator two days. Looks uh, just as nice and you know, everything else. I was actually surprised at how when she was flying around, she really didn't have as many like visual effects as I was expecting. Yeah, she was glowing all the time. But um, yeah, I kind of had that sort of Black Panther uh, running out of budget towards the end, but we need a lot of special effects <laughs> cash to, to, to spend. Um, where she's flying around and you're like, okay, what are you going to do? You, yeah. you're, you're glowing. And then what else is going to happen? I will say one of the things I am a little irritated about is that, you know, she has those glowing fists and it's like pure energy. That's like coming out of those fists yet. You know, when she unleashes it, like no one lost a limb right. or an eyeball, right? Nothing. It was like, they got blasted back and they're like, they were writhing in pain for like a, a five, I don't know. Seconds. Yeah, five <laughs> seconds. And then they get back up and fight some more. I'm thinking, I'm sorry, but but if you have pure energy like that that comes at you to the point where like it it can blast lo- a hole in a steel wall <clears throat> in your Well, it uh, knocks you yeah. off your feet and you go flying ten feet across the room and banging against the wall. It's like You're gonna break a couple bones. You know. You know. <clears throat> um and especially at the end too, like when she's able to take off like whatever device was um acting as a uh, what you call it, just a, a keeping a power tampering device. Killjoy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I was thinking, okay, let's see what she can do. And she, you know, she did certain acts, but 
this is supposed to be basically the Superman of the Marvel Universe. So um, I'm going to chalk it up as they didn't want to give away everything that she could do because she's clearly going to be in Avengers Endgame, which is going to come out next month, dude. Can you believe it? I can. April 26th is when it's supposed to come out. I cannot believe Mm -hmm. it's right around the corner. That's insane. Well, Steve, did you have any other comments about the film? Yeah, you know, um, the thing is that that's kind of holding me back with it is I'm thinking about the other characters and their stories and why I love them so much. And I just don't have the same appeal for this one. And what we're being told, like on the internet, you know, is, is, is two things. One, Captain Marvel is, is not one of the more liked, famous uh, characters in the Marvel universe. She's powerful. Yes, but she's just not really followed all that much. And then the second thing we're told is, oh, she's she, like one of the only Avengers out there that can defeat Thanos. So we're, we're thinking, okay, they're going to make something out of nothing and it's going to be epic. And so they got to show us something along those lines. And uh, I, I didn't see it. And I, I got to thinking of Iron Man's uh, story or Tony Stark and Thor and T'Challa and a few of the others where... Uh, you know, they had to learn through the school of hard knocks how to become the, the person that they are. Yeah. And yeah, some of them had a few <clears throat> movies, but like the first Iron movie was incredible. I mean, the first Thor movie I really liked also. I thought it was really, really well done. And it builds this foundation for that character. I just didn't get that with with uh, this story whatsoever. And it almost makes me go, does she have to be in the next Avengers? Because they really have to knock it out of the park with her in the next movie because they've, they've talked a lot of talk so far, but in the movie they haven't walked the walk in my mind and in my opinion. Um, Before we get into our um, rating of the film, I do have a few Movie trivia, courtesy of IMDb, Steve. Okay. In the comics, Captain Marvel's cat is named Chewie after Chewbacca from Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope. In this film, however, it was named Goose after Goose Bradshaw from Top Gun of 1986. Uh-huh. I noticed that right away. Did you notice that, Steve? Uh, I was kind of <laughs> making the connection to Top Gun, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Brie Larson is allergic to cats. So her scenes involving Goose were filmed with either a puppet or computer-generated visual effects. How's that? That's pretty funny, huh? Couldn't even stand to be next to the cat for five minutes. Jude Law took counsel from his Sherlock Holmes co-star, Robert Downey Jr., who played Iron Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, on appearing in this movie, Law stated, quote, he talked a little bit about how making a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie is fitting this one piece into a bigger picture and giving yourself over to that. It's not about trying to understand everything. Just do your piece, end quote. The name Captain Marvel is not used once in the entire film up until the closing credits. Hmm. The trailer has received about 109 million views worldwide in its first 24 hours of release. And there you have it for the trivia there. I thought those little tokens of interest there, Steve. So for me, um, yeah, I I guess we have a bit of a a disagreement on the, the film itself. I thought it was really enjoyable. Um... I like I said, I thought that Brie Larson was actually a nice choice for this, especially when I think of the other female heroes that we have seen so far in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, we have Scarlett Johansson who plays Black Widow. Uh, we have Black Panthers ladies. I can't remember their names off the top of my head, um, but just Scar- Scarlet Witch. Yeah, Scarlet Witch. I think that that they have done a nice job of creating unique personalities for each of these characters. And I, for one, am really happy with the persona that they have given Captain Marvel. I think they could have easily gone in a a more predictable route uh, for just how she acts, how she carries herself and and everything else. 
Um, and of course, I'm sure that they will have uh, more movies of Captain Marvel, more sequels and stuff that will um, help us get to, to know her a bit more and see what kind of powers that she has and that sort of thing. But moving forward into Avengers Endgame, I think personally that her um, her character's personality is going to gel well with the rest of the crew simply because it's actually so different from the other personalities. I think that that if she had a, a predictable personality type, that she would probably get lost and she'd be competing for attention. But I think that it was very wise of them to, to go the direction that they went. Um, the movie itself, like I said, I, I really enjoyed the throwback to the 90s, considering the fact that we grew up during that time. I'm glad that they didn't overdo it either. I liked the the swapping of um, the plot line itself. Um, like once again, um, thinking that that the scroll were bad and evil, and all of a sudden they did didn't about face. Uh, definitely appreciated that. Um, <clears throat> having said all that, though, I don't believe that this is one of my like top Marvel movies. Um, it's also not one of the worst ones. I think I think it fits really nicely, just kind of in the middle where it acts as a nice support to the, like I said, to the overall story of Marvel. So for me, I think um, I give it 3.5 stars. Yeah, Russ, <coughs> I'm going to have to lower that a bit. I'm, I'm going to give it a two and a half stars. I um, found myself fidgeting a bunch in my seat. I am... Um, I'm, I'm happy. That's because that I, you had ants in your pants. Yeah, Steve. really. <laughs> From the Coke that you spilled. Uh, not endorsed by Coke, by the way. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought it was it was bland. I don't know if, it, like I said earlier, I don't know if it was it was Larson or it was the direction or how the whole thing was written. I just thought it was kind of slow moving. I thought that um, it should have been a lot better for being as hyped as it was. Um, it's leaving a lot to be desired for the next film. I I'm hoping and praying that, uh, something's going to change in the next movie. That's going to draw my interest. Cause I, I, this movie kind of, to me was trying to figure itself out and it did seem like it was a placeholder movie. Yes. It was an origin story, but the story, it kind of felt slapped together really in comparison to the, some of the other popular, uh, Avenger characters. So oh, I have to say it's two and a half. All right. There you have it. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us and dealing with the Your cold. Yes, the atrocity of my voice that is the cold. I hope that I will return to normal next week. But um, thank you very much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud.com slash Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch. To see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see you next week. Goodbye.